Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. Three, two, one. Welcome, welcome, welcome. That's kind of whack. Welcome, welcome, welcome back <laughs> to another episode of the Mecca Podcast. I'm Mark Williams, and to my immediate right, your left, I have somebody that's very near and dear to my heart only because he busts my ass a couple times in the park and then also in, in the gym. Um, he's an assistant coach with the Milwaukee Bucks, um, probably the favorite in the Eastern Conference to make it back to the, or make it to the, um, to the finals now that Kawhi's out. Um, cause he got he got you guys a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he got you a little bit. Still trying to get over there. <laughs> but um, we have Charles Lee, man. I appreciate you. And he's like I said, he's an assistant coach with the Milwaukee Bucks. But prior to that, he was a coach at on a collegiate level. He's going to talk to you about that. His time in D.C. Uh, growing up as a youth, and then his time in New York City and how to get into the coaching ranks. Um, particularly for somebody who wants to do it um, from the basketball standpoint. I uh, appreciate it, man. Dude, it's so Thank nice you. to come on the show. <laughs> yeah. And like you said at the beginning, I did used to bust his ass. That's the trip. I, I competed, though. I, you you know, did do that. I, I you competed, did do that. and I filed, so I'm good at filing. You don't remember that Saturday morning run, though? Oh, of course I do. Yes. That's the best shit. No, there were some days that yeah. I come in there. Exactly. <laughs> I was feeling myself. He's like, yeah, I got next. I'm good. <laughs> you, 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 you. But anyway, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, I know that you grew up in Maryland. Um, how was that experience growing up in Maryland, the DMV, um, and, and how that made you who you, the player that you became? Because you were probably a pretty good player though, on the Patriot level. Well, for sure. Well, the great thing about the DMV um, is that it's probably one of the top regions, areas, mm -hmm. however you want to you know, mm -hmm. specify it for, for basketball, right. especially at the collegiate or the uh, youth level. So I had an opportunity to play against some high-level guys that end up going to play at major Division One schools that are mm -hmm. going to play in the NBA, that are going overseas. So to have an opportunity to go up against some high-level competition on a night-to-night -night basis was great for me. Yeah. And then even at the high school, being a good counsel my first year as a freshman, mm -hmm. and I'll never forget, <clears throat> good counsel themselves had a... Had a squad. Roger Mason was I on the team. Yeah, yeah, Joe yeah. Truey, yeah. AJ Harris, like a bunch of guys that went to go play Division One basketball. Um, Roger, obviously, going to play with the Spurs and yeah. having a, a great run in the NBA. And then they're going up against the Matha that had Keith Bogans and Joe Forte, and year after year they oh, were just turning, team, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they were just turning over lots of talent. Uh, so growing up in that area, I got to watch the Maryland teams with Steve Francis, mm -hmm. the Allen mm -hmm. Iverson teams mm -hmm. in Georgetown, and. Um, I guess I'm kind of dating myself a little bit, but yeah, like are. getting to see. But Virginia was good too in that area. Virginia, Virginia was good, good. Yep. and they were building stuff. Uh, Donald Hand and yep. all those yep. guys. Yep. So I got to watch a lot of good hoops, mm -hmm. um, and and it really brought out this passion. I mean, that I just wanted to keep getting better, and there was there were a lot of outlets to, to go get better. Did you were you highly recruited? Because the name that you mentioned were names yes. in that area, and and were you? Recruited just as heavily as those guys were? No, nowhere close. <laughs> yeah. Nowhere close. No, nah, <laughs> definitely not. But uh, my recruitment was good. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't change a thing about it. I kind of liked the level at which it was, and it helped. It helped me kind of grow as a person mm -hmm. um, and as a player. And to have that opportunity to play in the Patriot League, which was like really good competition, and then you also had the academic side of it. And now it's cool to see as an as a Patriot League alum. The talent that's coming out of there, right. like CJ McCollum CJ, at right, Lehigh, right, right. Mike Muscala, who's about to get his jersey retired in a month, is uh, playing with the OKC Thunder now. Wasn't he with Atlanta? What you? Yes, he was in Atlanta. Right, right. Um, he was with the Lakers. 
He was in Philly for a little mm-hmm. bit. So that league is now, I like to think some of it has to do with the fact of like my Bucknell team to beat Kansas. Yeah, that's a good team. Kind of put us on a stage. And so the, the talent that they were able to get in that league. Is getting better. How did you, speaking of Bucknell, how did you end up there? Uh, close to home. Like uh, mm-hmm. Pat Flannery was the head coach there. Yep. Um, I have a cousin that had a, a relationship with Bucknell mm-hmm. that kind of put me in touch with them. And then like, Pat Flannery and his staff did such a good job recruiting me, and then like it was close to home. It had the academics. It had an opportunity to play potentially one day in the NCAA tournament. And you, you did. Yeah, twice. Yeah, I played twice. Your junior senior year, correct? Junior senior year. Which was the years that you got player of the year. Yeah, so my senior player of the year. Player of the year, right? Always going up against, you probably remember this name, Kevin Hamilton. Of course. Yeah, New York. Kev, Kev, we had battles. Kev Holy Cross. Uh, I actually just sat down with Kev maybe like a month and a half ago. Okay. Kev is my man. Yeah, I trained yeah. his team. His, his, uh, Eagle, he's a high school coach now. Oh, yeah. So, actually, <laughs> small world. We allowed to talk about that? Yeah, we Oh, yeah, small world. My wife's best friend is a mentor, a counselor at the school that he's a high school coach at. So we were just talking about him around Christmas time too. Oh, Eagle Academy in the Bronx. Yes. Yeah, in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, in yes. Brooklyn. Oh, that's not a pub for you guys. <laughs> but Kevin, Kevin's not, actually, you guys' style is very similar. Yeah, for sure. Super I, I would say he's a little like silky smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got that New York, he got that New York. He got that New York. Uh, but you both could shoot the ball and play hard. Exactly. Play um, both ends of the court. Yep. Play hard. Like pretty, pretty good basketball IQ, I, I would say, both of us. Well, you went to Bucknell and Holy Cross. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's a given, <laughs> right? Pretty good schools <laughs> academically and, you know, IQ-wise. So you from Bucknell, you then transition to now when you graduate, you move that tassel over. What's next? What's next is overseas basketball. Um, I actually had a cup of coffee, though, mm-hmm. with the Spurs mm-hmm. right after I got out of Bucknell. Played oh, summer league. Venti Grande. I would actually maybe say Grande. <laughs> I didn't quite get that Venti. Because that Venti would actually have had me in a couple of regular season You'd games. Been there, uniform, oh. sweated, everything. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I went to training camp with them. Mm-hmm. And actually that year, they won a championship. So. Oh, you just needed like 10 days, 20 days. <laughs> you got a ring. My, I still joke with Coach Bud because he was on the staff at that point. I was um, like, you think I'll let me get a ring? Or... <laughs> nah, bro. Nah. So that, that shit nah. is gone. It is gone. So the being that you came, um, you did the overseas stuff. Yeah, played... played overseas for four years. Israel, Belgium, mm-hmm. and two years in Germany on two separate teams. Germ- Germany had a lot of Americans on their teams. Yes, it was like unlimited when I was there at that point. Like, yeah, that's what I thought. Like, yeah. Most countries were two American or imports. Exactly, exactly. Germany had like four, five. Yeah, and which made the league, I felt like from top to bottom, uh-huh. super competitive. Uh-huh. Uh, because you did have so many Americans, there was no stipulation of how many Americans be, could be on the court at one time. Yeah, I know. In some countries, like, your turn. Yes. The tag, yeah. your turn. Yeah. Like, in Israel, uh-huh. you can only have, you have to have three domestic players on the court at one time. Really? Yeah. Or two. Uh, two. 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 You two, two. three Americans on the court at one time. That's crazy. Yeah. And I respect that from the country standpoint. For sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My have, people. There are people out there as well. Did you did you run across any Americans other than Kev? Uh, uh, Hamilton? Oh, plenty. Rich Melzer. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that were on other teams. Oh, Ricky Paulding, Jason mm-hmm. Gardner. They were killing it in Germany when uh-huh. I was there at that point on Oldenburg. Um... Those were the ones that like come to my mind, right? Casey Jacobson was playing over in uh, Stanford. Yeah, yeah, from Stanford, Stanford the you know? shooter. Mm-hmm. He was playing in Bamberg, so the league was like really good. Oh, that's good. That's dope. And then, what made? Let me ask you this: 
what made you think, did you think about coaching at that particular time? I did. So after I stopped, I kind of wanted to coach, but mm-hmm. you know how it is, like, life and what's going on. Yep. I had a girlfriend at the time and ended up actually proposing to her my last year in Germany. So at this point now, fiance, uh-huh. and we just had some things going on family-wise. We had been living apart, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know, let me let me settle down a little bit. Because yep. yep. coaching, you're on the road, and yep. you're game planning, and it's it's a lot. A lot. Um, so I did the nine to five thing, worked on Wall Street mm-hmm. for two years. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was like, babe, I gotta get back to my passion. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need yeah. that hoop. This is good money. Yes. But I gotta get back to basketball. So you're in New York now. You're hooping in various, various tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. Compare, killing, killing you. Compare, <laughs> compare, <laughs> compare DMV basketball at that time. They, from you, from what you can recall, yep. to New York City basketball during that era. We was nice back then. No, basketball uh, game were. was nice, nice. And like I, I, can, I gotta say too, especially when it came to the like the pro am yeah. style basketball. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. DC's got the Kenner League, uh-huh. which is at Georgetown. Maybe like too much college influence mm-hmm. because like I remember playing in the Nike Pro City here. Mm-hmm big professional mm-hmm. influence of like the players that are going to play in there ryan gomes mm-hmm. and um what's my boy my man's name um what's cool uh andre barrett uh-huh like, oh, so that's gold's gym that's what they had yeah uh, trey barris and yana Gaines. they had vernon goodridge they had john strickland god bless his dad we had um who else they had it was loaded they was like mark mccarroll yes mark mccarroll yes um and then they had another team called Nike One that was doing extremely well. Was so that Mike Campbell's Mike, team? I mean, he was X-Men, but Mike he Campbell. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but, but your team was, you guys oh, loaded too, though. Oh, yeah. Brian Dunstan. Yeah, and, loaded uh, too. Who's the lefty? You, you had Nate Brown. Nate Brown. Lefty. Nasty lefty. Nate. Remember we had the big guy for a little bit? I think he played at UMass. Oh, that's going to kill me. That's going to kill, kill me, me too. Uh, It'll come back to us, but we'll we'll hit some people up there. But yeah, it depends on what you're looking for. Like, because I do think that that New York run at that time, Mm -hmm. especially from the pro side and where I was in in life and game, Mm -hmm. it was different. Yeah, I might give it a slight little edge. But I still love DC and the DMV. And we appreciate that you giving us love (laughs) in New York. So here's my question. Another question: The DMV area. What do they think of New York City basketball? Oh, a lot of love and respect really? for, yeah, like the, the people, the legends that have come out of New York City basketball and the style that it created within basketball, too, of like having a little bit of ish. crossover yeah, ish, flair right? and then having that grit to you as a New York City guard. Mm-hmm. You might not have the basketball IQ or right, the right, shooting part, right. like a lot of the the, the uh, skill stuff, but mm-hmm. like when it just came to just natural, raw talent and ability to handle the ball. Yeah, that's what that's where it is. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that, and we just had to hone those skills for sure to to get them better. Yeah, there ain't no finesse there. Like uh, <laughs> we gonna run through this wall. That's what it is. <laughs> where that's like DMV, like we got some shit to us, but uh-huh. we might figure out how to walk around the wall too. Yeah, like we're gonna go around. The yeah, wall. <laughs> no problems. Well, no problems. So now you you're thinking about coaching. You're back in New York City. Well, you're back in New York City. Yep. Uh, how did you get the call to go back to your alma mater? Uh so I reached out to the head coach that it was currently at Bucknell, mm-hmm. just looking for some help, mm-hmm. some direction. Um, and I remember hitting up Coach Flannery, the coach me at Bucknell. He said, Charles, if you want to get into coaching, you need to hit up every person that recruited you, mm-hmm. that talked to you, that ran a 
coaching clinic, anything, mm-hmm. you hit them up. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they remember you. Hopefully they remember what you did in high school or mm-hmm. in college or what you did overseas. And so anyway, I've reached out to almost everybody. And it's funny how the, the, the people that you think are going to hit you back mm-hmm. and respond and help you, nowhere to be found. Really? Nowhere to be found. Oh, bro, what's up, <laughs> Yo, you want to get in? You want to do Hit me up next week. All right. I'm you hit him up next week? <laughs> hit him up? Nothing. Um, That's that Varnell Hill talk. <laughs> Martin. Yeah. From the, from the talk show, Varnell Hill. Yeah. I love me some Martin. <laughs> um, but Coach Paulson, that was at Bucknell, mm-hmm. he was one of those people that was like kind enough, gracious enough to, to respond back to me and help connect me with some other people. And... It's truly a blessing how it all worked out. He had some, Coach Paulson had somebody on his staff, an African-American assistant mm-hmm. coach too, mm-hmm. that was going to be leaving to take another position. Also, it's so tiny. he was like, Charles, I know I've hooked you up here, there, and everywhere, but will you come in and interview here at Bucknell? Um, I, have an opera, I have a position that just opened up. Went and did it, and it was like a no-brainer for right, me. Right. Like your first head coaching job where you can go back to your alma mater that gave you the opportunity to even be kind of where you are now right. and you're comfortable and they have a good team. It was it was like a no brainer. Yeah, I remember um I seen on Twitter you got the you got the nod to get the job. Yeah. I was like, Dave Paul Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Dave. Yes. Dave, how did you end up here? Um, but that's good that he He's been grinding. Williams, St. Lawrence. I feel like he had one more stop. Uh, Lemoyne. Lemoyne, yes. Lemoyne. He did St. Lawrence, Lemoyne, Williams. He won like 14 Nash, national championships. Close to the national championship. Yeah. I think one in one year. Yep. Yeah. W- William? Yeah, what? W- Williams. Williams. Yeah, Williams. Yeah, Williams. Yes. They always beat Amherst in, in, in the finals. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so now you're at college. Loving college. Loving it. Loving, like, loving college, loving dealing with the kids. And I'm not even thinking about NBA. Really? When I got into it, all I, all I did was just hit everybody up about like, hey, I want to be a college coach, college coach. Uh-huh. I thought that I could have the most influence just, on those caliber of right. kids mm-hmm. and players. So and, I'm coming in? Yeah, should I get that? No, 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 Oh, don't put that seat, top secret. Yeah, that's top secret. Right there. Yeah, top secret. Uh, so we're, uh, uh, sorry, we're, my bad. Where we left off? So we left off. Uh, <laughs> Paulson, <laughs> no. college coaching. Yeah, yeah, college coaching. You, yes. More of an impact on college. Yes, more yes, of an impact yes. On college. I was gonna have more of an impact. Right. I was looking. For, I was just looking forward to being in that space. Like you watch the games and the energy in there. Uh-huh. And Coach Bud, mm-hmm. I guess maybe to backtrack a little bit. When I wanted to get into college, he was one of the people that I reached out to. Now, how'd you know him? Oh, from San Antonio Spurs. From San Antonio, going to training camp, and he coached the summer league team, and he worked with me a ton as a player on, like, player development stuff. Mm -hmm. So when I wanted to get into coaching, I was like, hey, Coach Bud, thanks for reaching back out to me. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Can you help connect me with some college coaches? And he's like, Charles, you know, I've been in in coaching for a while, but I've been in the league. League, So, like, that's where my connection is going to be. So if you want to use me as a reference on your resume, do that, and you know I'll keep an ear out for you. Mm-hmm. I was like, thanks, appreciate it, and and you immediately typed his name, whatever. Immediately, <laughs> he like he went from not on the list, bro. <laughs> like you are number like, one. Number one. <laughs> and uh, two years later, he has 
two openings on his staff because Quinn Snyder takes the head job in Utah yeah. and another guy on his staff, Jim Thomas, ends up taking like a scouting role within the Hawks okay. organization. He's like, Charles, you want to come down to interview? What you mean? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Chance to be an NBA assistant coach? Sure. Right. So I go interview and uh, kind of the rest is history after that, but went through the whole process, weighed my options, what side do I, and because of like knowing Coach Bud and his vision and mm -hmm. how he kind of saw things for the team, mm -hmm. and then also just for my own career, thought it was like. What kind of questions do they ask? Like I've never been in an NBA interview. Yeah. Um, but what, um, what kind of questions are asked from, uh, from the interview? Yeah, is it a panel or is it just so one So the, the, the process was interesting. The first night I got in for the interview, he and I did dinner. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody's read about the ESPN pop articles right, and all that right. stuff now. And part of building a culture is like, we got to sit down, we got to be able to break bread, we mm -hmm. got to have a glass of wine and talk basketball, talk life, and just have this like good human synergy. conversation right, right, synergy. Right, right, yeah, right. Like, but I think it gets overlooked sometimes because everybody thinks it's just about winning games and right. the next practice and this. But that's part of building the culture. And so the first night, I had dinner with him. And it was like one of those things where it's, let's feel it out. Like, right. Can I sit down? Can I break bread with you? Uh -huh. Can we drink wine? Can uh -huh. we eat food and enjoy it? Enjoy each other's company. That was great. Next night, I actually, because Bud is so big into player development, mm -hmm. he had me do a workout for two players. And I didn't know who they were going to be. So hold on. Had you, obviously on the collegiate level, you had to work players out on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Yes. So he didn't know, you didn't know what you were jumping into. No. Nah, because especially in preparation for the interview, I watched some of the Atlanta games, right. try to figure out how they play. Mm -hmm. But like, do I really know what's going on right. on that team? Right, <laughs> right, right. right. My, my, I'm not very well versed. I've only been coaching for two years at this point and two years in college basketball at that and a college workout is consistent is way different than an NBA workout yes. way yes. different okay, um, but the way that he kind of helped me and just to kind of even the playing field he said Charles I understand where you're coming from your background you haven't done this so run this like it's a college workout okay okay that's so fair. like you don't have that's to worry fair. about trying to use my terminology for things or just just stay in your kind of comfort mm -hmm. level and at that point, you should have said like, this huge weight was lifted yeah, from my back, even though I had puddles of sweat uh -huh. on my, yeah, <laughs> on my workout. back. Yeah, because like, do a workout. A workout. In front of the GM, in front of the head coach, and obviously in front of other front, front office, office people, right, right. other assistant coaches were there too. So did that, and then after that, I had to sit down, and some of the questions that, that you get from the GM and from the head coach is like, what kind of coach do you see yourself as? Um, little questions to just figure out how prepared were you to just come to this interview in general? Mm -hmm. Do you know how we play? Mm -hmm. Do you know some of the roster situations, some of the contract situations with the players that we have on the team? And um, from that point, then I, I sat down with each assistant coach and was able to kind of pick their brain on, mm -hmm. hey, how you, how you like working with Coach Bud? So now you're interviewing them quite yes. to a certain extent. Yes, how mm -hmm. you like working with Coach Bud? What's a daily, what's your day look like? On a non-game day, what's mm -hmm. it look like on a game day? What are your responsibilities? Mm -hmm. Just give me the whole the yeah. whole scoop. Yep, yep, yep. Because I am green. Yep, yep. No, I, know I, know. Now, I remember it as a dog. player, but 
as a player, I was only in summer league and training camp. That's so it's different. That's different. It's different. So please tell me what this grind is going to look like. And they helped you. And they were they were tremendous. Darvin Ham, Taylor Jenkins, um, Kenny Atkinson. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 were the guys on the staff. Nevin Spot he actually ended up coming the same year as me, mm-hmm. but he was an older coach from overseas, and he was able to like be a great mentor too. Yeah, because they have different. This is a different style of basketball. It is completely. Different. It is, but that mentality of like what it takes to learn mm-hmm. and to grow and to be open as a coach, like really, each each one of those assistants does it differently. But they all had good advice to help you kind of like open your mind to, to see the game in the best light possible. And pick their brain from a different perspective. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. So now, that's Atlanta. You guys did, wow, the first year. Didn't you get like coach of the year? So the year before I got there, they almost upset Indiana in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Took them to game seven. I believe they were up. Atlanta, I believe Atlanta was up three games to two. Who was the who was the guard for Atlanta? Uh, Jeff Teague. Okay. Yes. Jeff Teague's the the lead guard. They had Peril. They had Paul Millsap. They had Al Horford, Kyle yep. Korver, yep. Demar Carroll. Like great squad. Yeah, a lot of hard nosed guys. Yes. Um, almost beat in the end of that year, so everybody's feeling good about mm-hmm. the momentum going into year two. And so Coach Bud's year two would be my year one. Gotcha. Yep. And that first year we won sixty games. Yeah, I remember that. Y'all killed that year. Yeah, so I walked in and was like, yeah, I'm a good coach. Yeah, I'm good. I, I helped us win six. It was up. <laughs> the race just went up. <laughs> Call my agent. <laughs> you see them stats, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see me at the All-Star game talking to Melo? I was trying to tell Melo exactly where to yeah, go. Oh, so. my God. Oh, Melo got traded to you, right? Uh, No, he didn't get traded to us that year. I think Melo actually got hurt shortly after the All-Star game. Okay. And he was still here in New York. Okay, because he got traded to you for, like, or Atlanta. Yes. For 32 you seconds. You are right. You are right about 32 that. 32 seconds. When was, that, was the, that was probably our last year in Atlanta uh-huh. when we had the kind of, like, rebuild going on. Yep, that's hilarious. Right. I remember that. Okay, so now you did extremely well. You coached in the All-Star game. Yes. How was that experience? First, I mean, unbelievable. And it was here at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. So it was... I don't know, you know, like life kind of brings you full circle mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So like being in Atlanta down south, a little bit further from family and friends and uh, getting to come back up north to New York, being closer to the East Coast, being closer to DMV, mm-hmm. seeing my family, mm-hmm. remembering living here for two years when I was working on Wall Street and like, it was, it was dope, man. What was the energy? Because... At this time, and we still should have, and I'll ask you this. Yeah. New York is considered the mecca yeah. of basketball, right? And you played at the, at Ma- actually, you split Masters Way Garden and Barclays. And Barclays was winning right? the Rising Stars Challenge and the Dunk Contest. But the money, money was at the Masters Way Garden. No disrespect to the, uh, <laughs> the Rising Stars and the Dunk Contest and all that other stuff. But how was that synergy being a coach in New York, All Star Weekend, all of those stars here in the mecca? basketball uh, it, it's one of those experiences where words don't do it justice mm-hmm. because when you're in the moment and you're just trying to soak it all up and take it all in you're actually kind of like speechless mm-hmm. yeah okay, like right. I and it doesn't happen very often like being a coach in the NBA like we play LeBron and you mm-hmm. we play Giannis and I work with Giannis now so I know these mega stars and for the first time I felt like I was in a moment of like Shit was kind of surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Like nostalgia. And I, 
but it, it was it was I'm very thankful for that experience and then I mean to be able to do it two times now wow, that's, that's crazy you know feel like a boss a little yeah. bit <laughs> Relax, <laughs> relax. <laughs> now that's that, that's really like I, I don't know. Cause I remember I screenshot the TV. I'm like, oh shit, look at Charles. What a thing. And I think I might have texted you like, yo, you. Yes. Like this, that. Cause my kids, the same thing. Like my mother-in-law was at home watching the game. Cause do you remember that year too? It was so cold here. Every year. <laughs> well, yeah, very true. But like the wind chill was so bad. They were saying like, kids uh-huh. and and, and senior citizens should go outside. Out. And I had my. I guess at the time she might have been one or two, mm-hmm. my oldest daughter, mm-hmm. and we brought her with her to like enjoy the whole mm-hmm. uh, experience with her. It was so cold we couldn't go anywhere. So we asked mean. my mother-in-law to come pick her up, and anyway, they screenshotted the TV too, oh, and she's God. like kissing this yo, TV it, screen. It felt like I made it. <laughs> I'm calling friends that we have mutual friends, like, yo, look at y'all on TV, they introducing him as an all-star coach, and you know, you, you turn around, you look at the screen like you've been there before, like, yes. knock it off, you fronting, <laughs> you fronting. <laughs> All right, so now you you you're you're in this. How do I say this? You are you fell into a great situation with that guy from um that that, that tall guy from Greece. What's his name? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the MVP. Yeah, the reigning MVP of the NBA. How was it? Because you again part of player development. You were there when he came in as as raw as as sushi, and not that he's a, a work of art right now. He's still a work in progress. But you've seen a transition from sushi to to to, to where he is now. <laughs> to one of the specialty yeah, roles. Like like tuna roll, was a tuna roll. <laughs> <laughs> he was just fish before, but now but now he's 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 defining his game and actually getting better. Yeah. Um, how has that transition been for you? And, and obviously there's a cap feather in your cap also. No, oh, definitely. I think uh we we too can't lose sight, like the staff before us that came, mm-hmm. I think did did wonders with them. That's J.K. Yep, J.K. and the staff. They kind of got the ball rolling and instilled some things in him that are still apparent now mm-hmm. that have helped him be the player that he is now. Uh, but even from my year one with him to now seeing him in year two, mm. to the, the growth that he has is, like, not by accident. Right. And uh, there's a lot of guys that talk about how great they want to be but the action they put behind it isn't always there right if you really work with them on a daily basis this guy comes in every day laser focused mm-hmm. like it's game seven of the eastern conference finals for an individual workout versus a video room player wow. that might have played at the smallest school that you could think of right and he's like i'm gonna take this guy's head off and i'm like the only way he feels like he's ever going to get anything out of a, a workout session is to go hard mm-hmm. and it's cool to see because if the mvp is going to be like that oh it's trickle down trickle down, trickle down. so like the whole the whole rest of the team they come out for their workouts it's the same focus and he's he he's a big reason why we've been able to build the culture that we have mm-hmm. in Milwaukee so quickly. No, he's he's off the charts. I've seen his workout. I've seen a video of it. Yeah. And I was happy, lucky enough to be in a position to see it live. One time he came to uh, the garden. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, he's going too hard. <laughs> like, relax. So, as a coach, you got to be, you know, you're... Especially in this dare, this day and age of oh, load, load management, management. <laughs> and you're always worried a little bit about okay, well we practiced yesterday, uh-huh. Giannis. Like this is just a pregame workout. 
You just need to get a little glaze. Right, get a little sweat, get, yes. a, little, get a little misty, yes. and get some shots up and get up out of there. No. It, with him, it's not like that. So you are kind of sitting there as the coach. Dang, you wearing yourself out, relax. Right, but chill. it's what helps him kind of like just rev that engine up. Yeah, and his engine revved up helped you guys get to the Eastern Conference Finals. 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 You ran into a bus though. Yeah. That was, they, 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 they were able to use what he couldn't do to their benefit. Yeah, for sure. Right. right. I give I give them a lot of credit um, because they figured out I think the best ways to attack us on both ends of the court. Mm-hmm. On top of that, though, I say that we ourselves as Milwaukee, this was like a learning experience for our. Are fairly young group mm-hmm. in that type of environment, in that type of situation. A lot of those guys that we had last year hadn't even been out the first round of the playoffs. Oh, no, I know. So for them to get there, to see the taste it, yeah. the, all that, like, and we were up 2 0. Yeah. So, like, that taste in your mouth of, like, you're up 2 0 with home court advantage, mm. feeling kind of good. Mm-hmm. And not kind of good where you're just going to let your guards down. Um, but they just elevated their game to another level for those last four games, which was very impressive, which is why you got to give them credit. Oh, yeah. Um, Hell, yeah. But I think in the offseason, all of our guys looked at it as like, it sucks we lost. Right. But, like, it's, it's, it's a learning experience. Yeah, that, that was really a lesson. Yes. Not a loss. Yeah. Um, I'm old, so I remember the Milwaukee Bucks team from 83, 84, 85. That era. Oh, yeah. I'm old. That right. team was lower. And they played at the Mecca. Yeah. <laughs> they played at the Mecca. A friend of mine actually has that court in the, in, the, in his um, house, stuff like a picture. Oh wow! Like I think that two years ago they played a game at the old Mecca. Oh yeah. In like the old school jerseys too. Uh, uh, Dave, did they film a game, a play game at the old school Mecca? Because <laughs> he's the one that has it. <laughs> he's the one that has it. They did, didn't they? Or no? You know what they did? They used the Mecca they used floor. The they used there the it court. Is. In, there it is. In the Bradley Center, or not the Bradley Center, but in the Five Center. Yeah, uh, Bradley. Wasn't it Bradley? Bradley Center, yeah. When they went back to Bradley? So we had the five serve. This is only the second year of the five serve. So the, like, the year before I got to Milwaukee, mm-hmm. Bradley Center was still open. Or BMO, Harris Bank. Or they bought it out, but they were still at Bradley Center. Yes, yes. Okay, I've only been there one time, and I played like on a hoop it up three on three <laughs> on those streets right behind Bradley Center. Oh, now, yeah. That was fun as hell. We got to ask me. Wait. Wait till you come back. Now that's not even there. They got a punch bowl social out there now. Really? Like, yeah. See, I'm old. See, but you won't even come visit your boy in Milwaukee. I will now. I have I have two reasons to go out there now. Yeah, me and Dave. You and Dave, you and Mr. Marshall, the Marshall plan. <laughs> You're gonna make a video today, Dave. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now, um, what's next for you? Because um, I know that you're. Um, I seen a list. You, I don't know if I shared this with you. There's a, a list of um, up and coming coaches. You're 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 teetering on you know you know you know still receive votes on yeah, the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Honorable mention. You're you're on that list. You're on that list. What's what's next for you? I know that um, Buck is doing a great job as far as mentoring you, and obviously you want him, he wants his tree. I'm sure at some point when it's time for you to you know kick you out the yeah. and get out there and fly on your own. Is that something in your on the horizon? For sure. Um, when I got into coaching, I wanted to be able to impact players, mm-hmm. kids, men's lives. Um, I think on the court and also off the court, like part of like the whole player development thing isn't just on the court. It's like this holistic view of how can I just help you be the best person as possible. Right. And to be able to run your own team 
be in charge of the organization and help build a culture and mm-hmm. help just continue to impact a bunch of lives, mm-hmm. I'd love to be a head coach. Um, and I, I've gotten great mentorship. Mm-hmm. I've had an opportunity to learn under some great assistant coaches since I've been at Bucknell, since I've been in Atlanta, since I've been in Milwaukee. And some of those guys are now head coaches. And yep. so I think a lot of it's a credit to Paulson, credit to all uh, Coach Budenholz. All, yes. all like, of them. Even, like, you date back to when I was a player, like being at Bucknell and Coach Flannery and his staff. Mm-hmm. And shoot, like, busting your ass on Saturdays, but you still giving me some advice every now and then when, <laughs> when we were on the same team. Literally, you take all those experiences and right. all that kind of, like, mentorship, and it helps you be a coach. Um, but the... The goal is to be a head coach. That's good. But there's no hurry either. Like yeah. I just want to be as good as I possibly can in the role that I'm in and whatever God has in store. Any chance of going back to college? That's the more I'm in the NBA. Yeah. I love I love what it all encompasses. Like mm-hmm. not as much recruiting. <laughs> What do you mean, um, not as much? None. <laughs> well, no, because like, you oh, still got free agency. You got a grip flying, man. Like, you got to yeah, exactly. circumstance at dinner. And I still got to go to dinners yep. and things of that nature. Yep. And like you go through the draft process and you have dinners with the draft kids and yep. the workout. So it's it's a lot. Right. I think both sides. You're not in the gym looking at the 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid that you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. You have, you're looking at an established NBA player and then exactly. trying to get him to play for you. Exactly. And then when practice is over... I can go enjoy my family sometimes, whereas in college, you got to get on the phone and start busting it down and getting as many recruits as you possibly can to come on visits and stuff. So both both arenas are good, college and NBA. For me, though, I'm leaning way more to the uh, NBA side of things. So what I'm hearing is sometimes it's not what you know, it's who you know. Oh, that's everything. That's everything, right? Yeah. How would you, what would you recommend... Like you, like coach did for you and yep. Bucknell. Email, reach out to everyone. Now it's Twitter and also IG, going to DMs, whatever the case may be, right? For sure. Um, what would you recommend for the next generation of coaches coming up? How would they get on? Because it seems like, for me, from the standpoint, a lot of people are taking a different route and going video coordinator, mm-hmm. dobos. This is the collegiate level. Dobos, video coordinators, and or managers, and or some player development. How do you get into that world? Yeah. I Number one, I would just say, there's a million different ways to do it. Like you kind of just pointed that out. You can go video, mm-hmm. Dobo, mm-hmm. grad assistant. Mm-hmm. There's so many routes to go. So whatever you feel like your niche is or whatever is most comfortable or makes the most sense in your life, you got to kind of just figure that out. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is you have to have some action yeah. to go make this thing happen. Right. And the action has to be either going to go work. So like I worked a hoop group camp mm-hmm. as a, as a counselor or a, I don't know if they call it a counselor or whatever I was. Station manager. I was helping right, right, right. to try to get some more exposure to college coaches because I know if I'm at the hoop group event, uh, hoop group event, I'm refereeing this game or I'm running the, the right. table at this game. There's going to be a yeah, Towson coach is going to come up and say, hey, do you have the list for the game going on here? And I get to say, hey, I'm Charles Lee, yep, this, yep. that, and the other. And but yes, you, I do. Here it is. Right here you go. Yep. <laughs> and kind of get your business card yep, as well. Yep. But, so you have to be ready to network because to your point of – Sometimes not what you know is who you know. Mm-hmm. You have to network and just help people see what you have to offer. Right. Because I know I've heard of some people, they'll, they'll get online and they will clip into game plays from college games, mm-hmm. side out of bounds plays mm-hmm. from NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, here's all of Brad Stevens stuff. And they'll send it out 
mass send it out to every coach in college basketball. I respect that. So now they have ten coaches might hit you back and be like, "Wow, you have a good vision for right. this." Like, and now you've made a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You, so I I know this is a long winded answer. No, there's a bunch of different ways, but like you just need to get yourself out there, right. go work a camp, reach out to the people be that seen. recruited you, be seen, get some exposure. It, it's not just gonna happen though. Right. Sitting on your duff mm-hmm. and and, and hoping like that he's he's political. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to get the NBA job. He can't. Sure. He can't cuss. <laughs> LinkedIn, I think people are using that more too. Yeah, I gotta get back on LinkedIn. I'm yeah, gonna, like I'm, I know some people love LinkedIn. I've been BSing with that. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, any parting words? Where can people find you in, on the socials? So social media, I do a little bit of Instagram, but like it's really just my fam on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter, but I use it really just to get updates. He's spying. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm just like, He's spying, what's, yeah. what's going on in the world? <laughs> Keep me abreast of something else outside of NBA basketball. Yeah, and you need that. You, you do. You need a release. Like Life is balanced. Yeah. I, I can't live in the gym all day. Um, can't hang with the fam all day. You need a yeah. little bit of release. I'm trying to change my algorithm on my um, Instagram. I'm trying to start following people. You personally are going to change the algorithm? Yeah. Because you stop. don't know the damn equation to the algorithm. No, I do. I got it. So I'm going to stop following basketball people. Okay. Start following people that do fashion. Then I'm going to end up in the fashion world. Interesting. Just, just cut and then basketball. now it's going to say, because you follow this fashion, yeah, yeah. And you now, should look at this stuff. Mark, uh, whoever is huh. I'm going to change my algorithm. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. To my well, you world. know, you know, one of the things I'm trying to get myself into now. What? You like wine? I don't, no, I don't. Nothing. I don't like vegan, no liquor, nothing. Oh my god! Because you're into wine. We bro. might, we gotta do this again, then, and I'm gonna bring <laughs> a couple bottles of wine, and we're gonna start doing a tasting. I'm gonna get you some cabs, some pinot. Jeez. <laughs> nope. And no cheese neither. So I'm. Gonna... <laughs> So that's good. I'm boring. Oh, man. I'm just, this is it. Mark, what this about might wine? be our last podcast then. Maybe, but what, what do you want to do with wine? Well, no, just with wine, I've, just, I've enjoyed exper- like learning about it and tasting it and going you to travel. You in your mouth and all that? No, you got to go to Napa. You got to do a tour, see how they make it, and figure out the process. It's good with food. Figure out what pairs well with what. Yeah, I'm glad you like, said that. Like, we're about to be in Paris, what, in a week or so. Who, the Bucks? Yeah, the Bucks. We play Charlotte in Paris. Like, you know, whip their ass in Paris and you could do it. <laughs> it's <laughs> it one of those NBA world games. Yeah, go pay- get it, go get it. But I'm like, we're going to we're gonna try to find some time on this trip to get a, to go to Champagne, to go somewhere and, like, learn about the spirits. I, I've kind of grown into that. Food and spirits. Steak goes with red, right? Yes, there you uh, go. Fish goes with white. Right. Right. I'm a culture person. You're I can right. sit there and have a conversation. But with the somebody. problem is, I think that you would go get the wine right now from like a Walgreens or a little bodega on the side. I, I'm not drinking that. Nah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so if I come to your house for a gift, you're getting like uh, barefoot, uh, barefoot. Oh <laughs> man, you must give me some Franzia, the box wine. And you know the first thing, this might be bad, people. But the first thing I'm gonna do when you give me that wine, there's uh-huh. this app called Vivino. And I'm going to shoot the label. If it comes up with anything less than three stars or is under $5, I might just drop that thing right over in the recycling bin. Just give it to somebody else. Yeah, right Go to somebody else else and give it to her. I'm not re-gifting that. That's embarrassing. Not to a non-drink. I don't know anything about that stuff. Anyway. 
Uh, this is Charles Lee. I'm Mark Williams. This is the Mecca Podcast. We out of here. Again, he is a, an assistant coach at an NBA program. Pretty good NBA team, too. Not bad. I, I got you guys winning the East. I hope you see us in, like, May and June, and I hope we're still playing. I got you coming out of the East. Well, I appreciate it. There's a lot of basketball to be played. We got to stay healthy. We got to get better. Yeah. A lot of things got to happen. Yeah. But we're going to keep working. Yeah. I, I, and, and that's for everybody. Yeah. People trying to be aspiring coaches, we all got to work. That's... I think that's the thing I would just... That's your parting leave. shot. Oh, yeah. yeah parting shot. Uh, keep working. Um, but you want me to tell you what I, I... I got you coming out of the East. Does it? Versus... Please, you got me Oh, you versus the Sixers. Versus Sixers. And you versus Sixers. You want the outcome? Mm-hmm. I think you... You... you, you you, it's going to be a good series. Yeah. It's going to be seven. a good series. It's going to seven. It's going to seven. You, you'll have home court. Uh, you'll get them. You'll get them in a, in, in a chip. The chip is going to be a, uh, that's going to be a good one. Who, who, you, who you got coming out the West? When is this airing? This is going to air in uh, March, February, March. I got, um. <laughs> he want to dig himself a hole. I got the Lakers. Okay. I got the Lakers. Okay. Uh-uh. It's going to be a good series. You, you you have anything? I know we already jumped past this point, but you got anything big happening during the trade deadline? Any major moves gonna be made for these teams trying to like make the playoffs or teams trying to rebuild? Yeah, I think um, Drummond gets moved. Okay. Um, to where I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he gets moved. Okay. Um, Detroit is a uh, they're in a rebuilding stage. <laughs> <laughs> You can't say nothing. This is all not, me. That's why I'm this just asking the questions now. I'm no, not no, saying a word. Um, Detroit's in a building stage. They're going to uh, have to do a fire sale at some point, get that salary cap down. Um, the Lakers are still a player away, I think, from really taking over the West. You may be a player away also. What what position would you say we're a player away? I think you need a you need a you need a you need a Kyle Kyle Sewage, right? Yeah, Corb. I think you need another wet wet. Okay. I think you need another wet wet. Doesn't hurt when you got a guy like Giannis is able to get a piece of the paint. Yeah, because well that's, what, that's what happened to you last year. You guys had mm-hmm. everybody and their mother was in the paint. <laughs> <laughs> it was all here. And he was making his moves because he's not, no disrespect to him, yeah. work on his handle. He's not as shifty. He's going to go hard this way and spin back that way. And he's just so long, you're going to dunk it. So everyone's in the paint. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's kicking it now. Uh, it's easy to kick it to Kyle and to kick it to a... Uh, JJ, I'm just using names that for sure. That's wet, wet, and that'll make it a more, make you guys more potent. I agree. Um, I agree. That's just my take on it. I'm just a regular trainer, just doing a podcast. Nah, but but you didn't bust my ass all the time. You got me one or two plays. Plays? I yeah, I'm not. I'm not a, I wasn't. Damn, I can carry a game. Not a game. Not a exactly. game. Yeah, yeah, you just okay. play too damn hard. Like, yeah. relax. This is pickup. That's all I know. That's all I know. <laughs> trying to go home. I know. Saturday morning, half the people were hung over. It's like, I had to get up at 6. Exactly. I live in Queens, so I had to get out there to Manhattan. I had to get up at 6. That was a heck of a drive. Oh, my God. I'll never forget that school. Down on Wall Street. In Wall Street, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Um, Those are the days, man. Are you out. still not aging? No, I've got gray. Yeah, I got a gray right here. I just seen it this morning. No, he's yeah. still looking good, bro. No. The Mega Podcast, we out. Uh, Thank Charles you, man. Lee. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Anytime. We out. Dave, you made the, you made the cut, Dave. <laughs> that wasn't going to be the cut. See, I ain't say nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I pointed. I, I, I know. I thought Dave was going to get in there. We're trying to make the cut. No, nah, dude.
Dude, I don't. We didn't stop. <clears throat> Dude, we could have 